0: Back, we are back. Welcome everyone to match point number nine, a tennis bets podcast. I am one of three hosts here David, EJ, Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9 Tennis on Twitter and all the socials these days. Twitter feels like its days are numbered, so might need to figure that one out coming up. (laughs) Um, if you're a first time listener, chances are how you found us. Welcome in. Hello, if you're a returning listener, returning champion, as I like to say, welcome in. We are down, Derek, once again, but still going from california to canada as i'm joined by mr john reed you can find him at jared tweets tennis he does betting content for his own brand at Tibbits tennis he writes for the action network betting expert hammer hq does tennis form recaps it's been a busy few days for him i'm sure well actually maybe not because it hasn't been play uh but john welcome in
1: oh it's it's been busy because i've been up at 5 45 six o'clock waiting and then Can't do anything because you're waiting all day, right? You can't go be like, "Ah, "I gotta go hit some golf balls." Because tennis decides not to say, "Hey, we're gonna be off for three hours, guaranteed." Rain ain't going anywhere. No, they're like, "Oh, not before half an hour from now." Half an hour comes around, so oh, not before another half hour. And you're like, "Okay, guess gotta wait. Guess I gotta wait." Because even the even the daily schedule uh, forecasts aren't reliable. Like yesterday, it said today wasn't gonna rain. Guess what? It' gonna rain as they would say on Family Guy, I believe. Was it Family <laughs> Guy that show? Anyway, all I know is that I'm not rate-limited anymore on Twitter, or at least haven't been in three days. The World Series of Poker main event is on every night, and I'm having a big month and a good Wimbledon. So you know what? Screw it. I'm ha- I'm a happy camper. I'm a happy camper regardless of the reign at Wimbledon.
0: Yes, John and his Tidbits brand at Tidbits Tennis. Follow him for his plays. have been doing well. Let's go over our own plays from last time out. In our accountability segment, we call What Do We Win? What Do We Learn? Uh, wins. Learn to Came through for me. Under three and a half. and Zapata Echeverry, over 38 and a half. So there was a chance for five. And guess what? That came in. Hey, look at me. I know some stuff sometimes. Jordan Thompson. Moneyline. Minus 110 or pick. Uh, you can get minus 105 uh, some places. Uh, he needs five sets to take down Brandon Nakashima. But that comes in. Jan Troinsky. Moneyline plus one seventy from Avery Zimmerman, our our guest last time that comes in. Uh, we both cited the karatsov Van Ash match. And John won, and I learned uh, not to trust Mister Van Ash quite yet. Did say though, uh, part of my angle was I knew I was going to get fifty plus errors from Karatsev, and he coughed up sixty unforced errors. So uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like I feel like forty of them were in the end of that first set. Some
0: things that we talked about that did come in that weren't officially in the, the betting portion, but we mentioned Yuri Vesely giving Corda uh, a run. John pushed the set one money line
1: that comes in and
0: he wins outright. I talked well, about. I, got,
1: I had the set one over. I had the set one over, but I did say if there was if you liked him to to win or keep it close or get to a tiebreak, which he did, I think on all counts, uh, the first set money line would also be would you'd want to back him early, not overall, and that either way the handicap was spot on. Yeah,
0: I mentioned i'm looking to back big dom stricker on a money line rollover who's one of my dark horses in our outright segment uh he comes back from a breakdown to take down the australian alexi Popran. and i will be backing stricker again versus tiafo spoiler alert our outrights still alive tommy paul tiafo fuchivich at 40 to 1 was avery's call that's still alive but we did have some losses hubie her cash ramos set one tiebreak does not come in Dennis Novak goes up the first set against Milos Ronic, and then proceeds to lose three in a row. Nuno Borges was a a pretty strong pick, I feel, uh, at the plus money. Got up to plus 324, so we tipped it at plus 280. Grew 40 cents on the money line. He wins the first set, then rolls his ankle. Unbelievable. And then, not only was he playing on one leg, essentially sarundalo barely covers still taro daniel against ben sheldon talked about wanting it to get up to plus 200 it does get there and i do get my plus 200 into a fifth set where normally ben Shelton crumbles at the end of a match and he stood tall in fact ben Shelton only two double faults in this match versus Daniels. talked about george lofagan to win a set at plus money i want a plus 200 but i'll take the L. I only saw like as high as like plus one sixty plus one seventy, but he did get to a tie break. So we d- we were carrying a pretty big plus money ticket into a tie break, but it does not come in. And then there was some back and forth about Chorich versus RBA futures. Well, futures are over. They are both done. Oh uh, well, I sits. mean
1: Chorich was we I, didn't we talk about opposing Chorich in that first round. I bet Paya. did I not did I not say I was going to? You, I don't you, know, to go
0: I, I don't think you did. Well the line oh, we, we didn't have, have the line out yet for that one when we when we recorded. Right. Uh, yeah. Torch though, storms back before he ultimately loses. RBA. Roberto Batista Agut does it again with it. Continues his board 2023.
1: Did you see how many winners? I, I covered that one for tennis form. Uh, did you see how many winners that Safulan ended up with? No, how many? Take a Take a guess at like 50 82 even with a very generous score and there is no generous generous scoring is on unforced errors not on winners because winners are just they're very simple you hit the ball in your opponent's racket does not touch the ball winner right it's there's no subjectivity relative to unforced errors where there is subjectivity whether it was forced or unforced pardon me 82 winners he was ridiculous man absolutely i felt bad for bautista and i will say it and i'll stand by it and i've I had people, quote, tweeting, like, angry betters quote, cheating, oh, my God, he looks like Terry's stupid in 2023, as if, like, he played terribly. No, 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 Bautista played a good freaking match, okay? Like, his his working of the court back and forth was incredible. Did errors creep in at the end of the match? Yes, but he went up against a guy that was taking the ball early, which means he has less margin for error. He's hitting with angles, means less margin for error, and he's hitting a flat ball. Again, all three of those things... Increase his likelihood of unforced errors. And he still managed to hit 82 winners to, I think, 76 unforced. Like, when you're playing that aggressively, and you still have an over 1-1 to winner to unforced error ratio, like, congrats, bro, you just won. Like, Safiolan just freaking won that match. Not in the literal sense. Like, I mean, he went out and he took it. It wasn't like a collapse. So I will I will stand up for RBA there, because, like, I was watching. I couldn't believe Safiolan's backhand. We know that Bautista Agut's backhand is redonk. But, like, Seth back backhand today. Both down the line, cross-court, angle generation. winner Like, it was just nuts, man. It was incredible.
0: Well, it's funny in that segment, when we were having that George versus RBA debate, you know, you guys did kind of fade George hard, so I did back off on it. But then I also s- said he could lose the first round to civilian. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, we were both, both right and wrong on that one. So that's what we had talked about before. Uh, let's keep it moving. Oh. Look to the future here. But first, John, I think you have... A read rant, am I right?
1: Yeah, it's it's about Novak Djokovic. And and it's a, a clip that's circulating now from an Irish publication featuring some former ex-pro tennis player. I'm sure she was an ITF doubles dusty grinder that was like a thousandth in doubles, never had a singles ranking because she sucks. But she still has ex-pro in her bio to make it seem like she's relevant and what she says matters. Hint, it doesn't. Go off on Novak Djokovic and his desire to be loved by everyone. Try to knock down Djokovic. What is it with the mainstream trying to knock this man down. They fet Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal with good reason. When Novak Djokovic is graceful and 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 nice and kind to his opponent in a speech, he's condescending or it's not genuine. When Roger does it, look how look how graceful he is. Look how gracious of a champion he is. And I'm a Roger I grew up a Roger Federer fan, okay? I still have my my red and white framed Wilson Encode racket that I played with in high school literally 8 17 and 18 years ago, okay? I have my Roger eight Wimbledon-themed shirt from Nike. Like, I I grew up a Federer fan. It's not a knock-on Fed. I'm just saying, where is the kind, same level of respect for Djokovic? They go out of their way to shit on him, and then don't talk about any of the positive stuff Djokovic has done. Okay, he's not from Spain or Switzerland, okay? He's not from a country that has a ton of money. Serbia is, relatively speaking, to West parts of Western Europe, not a wealthy country. He funds a ton of young Serbian players. Ever heard of a guy named Habad Medjedovic? Yeah, go look up his background story and how he's had the funding to carry on and to actually make all these runs now at the Challenger to a break to tour level. Two words, Novak Djokovic. I believe he also helps build schools in his home country. The man is an absolute consummate professional and the constant shitting on him from the mainstream tennis media is so disgusting. All because they disagree with a decision here or you know, a statement he made there or something he did 10 years ago. Yeah, he turned around and fired a ball out of frustration to hit a lineswoman. Terrible lapse in judgment. He was raked over the coals for it. He knows he deserved it. And you know what? That's that. Does it negate everything he's done positive in, in his life? No, it does not. So enough with this crap. If you're going to bring up things you don't like about him, fine. Make sure you bring up the other side of the argument as well so you're being an honest person. And number two, if you're going to dump on him, really, his desire to be loved, oh, yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and and, and hit him with something that we can't disprove solid argument
0: the other thing too is uh novak is like on the panel for a tennis channel all the time it's not like he's inaccessible either you know what i mean <laughs> like
1: yeah oh yeah oh, yeah exactly he's
0: he's like i mean he's willing to go up there and mix it up with prakash and all those guys like he's pretty generous with his his time as someone who obviously doesn't have to be you know as the greatest yeah. player, i highly
1: doubt he'll ever be on this irish no name whatever tv or youtube channel not to hit small independent media because we are small independent media but uh needless to say i think he's they've pretty much destroyed their chances of ever getting him on their show plus they lied about the PTPA. i didn't even get into the fact that they literally lied about his organization when she whined that it was only for men's players wrong ask paula bedosa she's part of the ptpa anyway
0: i did think there's a funny tweet though. Someone pointed out that the, what does
1: the PTA do, PTPA do besides do photo shoots? Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, you could critique the PTPA. One thing you can't do is cri- critique Novak Djokovic for only allowing men into the PTP. It's like there's things to hit the guy on. There's valid criticisms. There's there's valid criticisms of the PTP and its effectiveness. Lying about it being some sexist organization that ain't it, bro. Try again.
0: All right, well, let's pivot back to Wimbledon round two here. We've seen a lot of stuff, not as much tennis as we would like. So the Reigns have made things a little bit difficult. We're on day three of O'Connell and the aforementioned uh, Medvedev match. Day three, I think it's going to be a banger in that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How about day four? Fourth day, but third day of play for Berrettini and Sinego. Lorenzo Sinego is- has generated an impressive. Zero breakpoint chances. Somehow almost was up two to one. Somehow. Incredible stuff.
0: Besides the rain and the conditions, I mean, it's slippery. You're seeing guys just fall left and right. Uh, it's tough footing out there. A couple notes that you've had here, John, in terms of individual courts. Court five bounces lower. Court 18 is lightning fast per a former pro commentator. Who, actually,
1: I heard it again after I sent that to you. I heard it a second time. I was like, oh, okay. Well, good note.
0: And court 12 is playing fast as well, as we saw Michael Moe, who doesn't have the biggest power serve out there, uh, was skidding it by against uh, Felix uh, in their matchup. So circling back to our conditions debate in the last episode, fast or slow, certainly still quick, at least on individual courts. Can't, Can't just say each, you know, you can't just blanketly say the conditions are
1: Wimbledon or slow. Yeah, well, I mean, the outer courts, the the two show courts they have been saying for a few years now do tend to play slower. But when you close the roof, that kind of offsets that, right? Uh, the outer courts, I don't think there's there's not really an uh, an issue with speed. It, the vast majority play fast. And as the weeks wear on and that grass gets beaten down, I mean, those are just going to get quicker and quicker. So I would think. Maybe they don't. Maybe the mud comes to the surface and they get slower. I don't know. Either way, the, the outer courts are not, you know, by any means slow.
0: So we have a few days of play and some some data there to to take note of. Well, let's talk about round two and some bets. And I want to kick it off with Daniel Galan versus Oscar Atta. Atta is a three and a half game favorite. He's minus 210 on the money line. Galan is plus 170 as the dog. The total was at 39 and a half. This is a bit of an interesting match under the surface. Both of these players went to the third round here at Wimbledon last year. Uh, Galambi Atta's first round opponent in R1 and Dominic Kepfer and then got a walkover with uh, Agut pulling out and then was outclassed by Brandon Nakashima by nine games in three sets in that third round. Uh, Wow, when
1: Nakashima could actually return and find breaks to serve. Incredible. After picking up a round one
0: win versus an aging Peter Goyochik, Atta also essentially got a walkover as Christian Harrison retired after four games in round two. He then got beat by 12 games against Carlos Acaraz in three sets. <laughs> Happens. <laughs> this year, uh, Atta qualified in, so he's won four in a row, while Galan, though, has won three of four on grass. So both these guys playing well in form. The the one loss for Galan was against Maxine Cressy at Eastbourne. Similar big server to Okta. Okta does have a better sample size on grass. 10 and 7 on the surface, including wins versus Sachanov and Shapovalov at Hala last year. He also went 5 sets with Andy Murray in 2021 here in Wimbledon. Was up 2 sets to 1 in that match as well. However, he mostly gets these dubs through holds and tiebreak sets. 86.6 hold rate, but only 12% break rate in his career on grass. And he's a staggering 9 and 5 in tiebreaks on grass. A combined 9 and 20 on clay and hard. So, kind of a weird stat. Uh, Galan formed four on grass in his career. His biggest wins being against Jan, choinski and Yoshi, and Kepfer in these last few matches. He's down at 75% hold percentage, but 18 break percentage. And something kind of weird I noticed looking this up. Anta career on the tour, 33 and 50. Galan, 39 and 47. So, similar career records coming into this. Uh, now, I think that Anta is a, a deserved favorite here. And I'm kind of considering laying the games this one at three and a half. What do
1: you think about this one, John? I think that this goes to a tie break in the first set about 29 to 32% of the time. So when I see a plus 300, plus 302 available at Pinnacle, that's probably where I'm going to go with this uh, for a first set tie break. You illustrated the statistics on Ota. He's not a good returner in general. Galan, kind of in the Barrios Vera mold of South American player where they're, they're much better than you realize on quicker surfaces. Now, the timing on return is really tough for them. They have the ground strokes, like they have the forehand, they have the first serve to be able to generate holds, right? Even though they're from South American and kind of typecast as clay quarters. But on the flip side, the return game is, it's a little tough because on clay, even the big hitters like, you know, Tabilo, like Galán, like Barrios Vera, these guys end up rushed on return because when you play on clay, the one thing you do generally get, especially against... Guys on clay that are that don't have any power is a lot of time to set up your shots, a lot of time to get to your spot, have a big wind up and take a big cut. You don't get that on grass; it's it's right on you, and it's on you quick. So I do trust Daniel Go on uh, in this in this matchup. Then again, I, I trusted him against Max Cressy. The one match I backed him uh, is the one match he didn't win on grass this year. Isn't that? does not always work out that way. You're like, ah, oh, no, no, I'm not going to back him. Okay, this is the spot. Bam, loss. So, who knows? Could happen again. I do think the money line at $2.85 plus 185 is somewhat generous. I think this, should, this is no more than a 60 40 affair, just because OTA cannot, for me, without any distinguished skill outside of the serve and forehand, a lack of footwork, a lack of movement, a lack of return game. I don't see how he can be anything above 60 to 62% uh, to win this match. So, I think Daniel Galan on the money line is a half decent wager. I really like it. Like I said, I think there's a several point percentage point discrepancy in where my number is and where the market is right now on the first set tiebreak as well.
0: You know, when I first dug into this, I wanted to really back go on. But it does seem like the grass resume of OTA has me leading his
1: way. I mean, I, I get it, but I understand. Like, I've seen Max. I don't know if you follow Max Tipster, Max Tipster1 on Twitter. Shout out to him, uh, one of the guys I, I chat with. He's on OTA as well, and he wrote it up, and I, I read through. It was quick one paragraph right up. It was also on him, minus three and a half. So I get it. I get the desire because he is more natural and he does have those two big weapons that are going to play on grass and it's he's going to he's only going to need potentially one or even just two breaks if he can just hold serve throughout the entire match but uh, i still think with his his limited ceiling i just can't have him above 60 against an undervalued and frankly an underrated player in terms of his game style and daniel galan on the surface so if Golan gets down to plus 150 again i'll pass because that's probably where i think it I would have it a about plus one forty, but I can understand a plus one fifty and pass on it. Plus one eighty five, I'm going to be really. It's going to be really tough for me not to pull the trigger on tonight.
0: I'm going to both sides this one, John, and I'm actually going to lay the sets at minus one twenty with Atta, uh, because I do feel if he go on does get a set, uh, he's more likely to to get it through not a tie break. So if, and and is likely to get a set through a tie break. So then you're like really scrambling to get the games. Uh, but I, yeah. I I think that. Atta can get this done and uh, four or under, based off his grass history. All right, John. David Guffin is taken on Tomas, Berrios, Vera. Guffin is up to minus 251 as the favorite you can get Vera at plus 211 on the money line. The game spread has ticked down here to four and a half. I think it was around five, and, and the total has ticked up to 38. It was around 37 and a half. I'm liking... The dog in this one. I'm kind of digging it. So uh, one of those things where I want a bigger number, uh, but I also don't want to miss out. Barrett's Qualipath path in round one win. Pretty great sparring partners to prep for Goffin. Rinky Hijikata, Vilch, Baez. Rally tolerance, point construction. Similar aspects to Goffin's game. Goffin obviously has had great success at Wimbledon. He's made the quarterfinals twice here, including last year. But he dropped a set to Marichan in round one, who started playing grass last week and got in as a lucky loser gafin also lost a set 6-1 to jerry shung on the challenger tour two weeks ago uh, might not be a, a bad dog money line and over combo as maybe Geffen, uh just outclasses him in the end but i like attacking the dog in the spot john what do you think
1: ditto well said yeah no i i do think that look i do like the overlook i, I like the over sets look i should restate whether it's over three and a half probably a little juiced over four and a half even at big plus money I do think this is a much closer match than the price indicates there's still a plus 220 hanging out there bet 365 for those that have it available to them like I said he has that a more aggressive and a flatter game that I think people realize in terms of his attack I I'm not sold on his on his return just yet and gofan does have I think a bigger serve or as big of a serve as bigger serve than Baez and Hijikata but I do agree that, in terms of the baseline presence that he that he'll command and the counter punching and the patterns, like he knows where he's going with a forehand two shots from now and the way he can hit those those back corners, that is good. like those other guys, especially Hijikata, is decent prep for Gofan. Obviously, Hijikata much worse than Gofan. but i I do think that that is applicable. My only issue here with with going the over sets instead of over games or plus games is I do think if Goffin is going to win this and he gets himself into or times up those Barrios Veda serves, it could be problematic in terms of the games later on in the match, right? That fourth set, that fifth set could end up being left-sided if he does start to time up those serves as the match progresses, because that is really what allows Barrios Veda to, to trans transition or translate his game from clay to grass is the bigger first serve than people realize he has is the forehand um, that that that's bigger and flatter than people realize. Outside of that, if Goffin's consistently putting balls back with pace and depth right off the return of serve, he's going to find himself in trouble. And that's more likely to happen, of course, as the match goes on, as Goffin starts to see his patterns on serve, as he starts to, to see and time up how quick those serves are coming at him. That could be the issue. So I would caution against a plus four and a half. And I'd probably look to like an over three and a half sets or even over four and a half sets where you're going to get nice plus money on the ladder there. And you can hope for a really close match. And of course, the money line as well. I mean, if Badios Veda comes out, and is firing well, and, and Goffin can't time it up, and his accuracy is down a bit, which is kind of a lot, a lot, or a big part of his game, you might end up not going over, but getting the dog money line. And that's always why I like to have those, those two things combined in pocket.
0: I remember last year playing the over in Albat Goffin. It was a similar 37 or 38. Albot got up two breaks in the third set to uh, looking to cash that over, and Goffin broke back twice and won that set to win in straight sets. Uh, it was a pretty crushing defeat, so I, I hear you on the the set over, because we could get to a fourth set. It's minus 180, by the way, for, for four sets. Mm-hmm. To urge get over that I found on Bet online. But we could be staring down like a 6-2, 6-1 set, so... You might be sweating in the fourth set to get over those
1: games, even if we do get to a fourth set. That's actually under two-thirds, too, when you think about it. Minus 180 is is fewer than two-thirds of the time to break even. That is still pretty enticing, despite it sounding like a pretty juice number. You know what I mean? Like, when you put it into percentage terms... Does Goffin really win this in straight sets or Badios Veda, either one winning this in straight sets 70% of the time? I mean, Badios Veda, if you look at his plus or minus two and a half sets number, it's probably no more than what, ten, less than 10%, I would guess, right? It's probably over 10 to one uh, or nine to one, pardon me. So I, I do think that you're you're over three and a half sets, whether it's in a parlay, whether it's a straight up minus 180. People that say, I don't play those numbers because it can't be value. You're wrong. I mean, if if you think something happens, you know, 70% of the Sorry. I'm I can't remember which way I'm going on the numbers here but if you think something happens far more often than the than the odds would imply or far less often than the odds imply then you know there's value there that's that's the concept of what value is in betting not so much what you think is going to happen but the, the the number of times it, it would happen totally agree JJ Wolf is taking on a red hot
0: Alexander Bublik Bublik is now minus 195 as the favorite Wolf is plus 160 as the dog, the total is at thirty-nine. Game spread is now three and a half. It was just at three. Well, that's minus one fifteen at Pinnacle.
1: Which means probably similar. Yeah, the three. Well, I really like the three more than the three and a half. <laughs> but yeah, I mean with Bublik especially, <laughs> especially with Bublik and with Wolf serve, like for a lot of reasons, that's a big half game. Grass courts, you know, it's not usually a key game on on a clay court. This wouldn't be a key half game in a best of five match on a grass court. Legitimately, <laughs> it is.
0: Uh, but i also feel like what are we doing here and i understand why wolf is getting some steam because wolf has a 2-0 head to head against bublik he won wolf beat him in miami this year in straight sets he also beat him last year in florence on indoor hard which is bublik's territory he's an indoor hard guy but looking at the third set being 6-1 could have been a bublik tank classic bublik tank in that one uh, they also met in the mm-hmm. qualities of Cincinnati back in 2019 uh, where Wolf won 6-3, 6-3. So there is something maybe uh, to be said about this matchup in terms of maybe there is some tea leaves to read uh, in that head-to-head uh, as it's been pretty one-sided to the Wolf side. But J.J. Wolf just started playing on grass like last month, like
1: two weeks ago. <laughs> this, this is eighth grass match. Yeah, one, two, I mean, three. he's going to be an all quarter soon when you think about it. Yeah, he ahead. improved on clay. And he's improving on grass. He's got the game for grass. Like two years from now, we could be talking about JJ Wolf, all court tennis player.
0: I think so. I thought I thought he made some pretty good improvements on on clay. And I think he definitely has a game for grass. Uh, obviously, he's a hard quarter. But yeah, it's his eighth tour level grass match against a guy who is on fire and is a, slowly becoming a grass goat. I kind of like Bublik here, man. Like, it's scary to say. It's extremely scary to say. But what's the best play way to play him? That's the question.
1: Yeah, I took a minus one and a half sets against Mackie. And I mean, I escaped with that one. That was so Bublik, though. And I mean, this is the problem with him is it, he looked so, not disinterested, but as Mackie was just playing really well, it's almost like when his opponent plays well, he's like, oh, screw this. I don't really care anymore. You know, like I don't want to work that hard to outplay this guy's level when he's playing well. You know what I mean? And it just, that's what it feels like with Bublik sometimes. And I, I said it too as scared my the one thing that scared me with the 120 to one as much you know novak obviously in his quarter that's the first thing but the second thing is his himself you know i, I think and like you said it could just be the the Halle might be the carcass he brings home to his family for food and he does honestly he's one of the very few people who could tank out of a slam as crazy as that sounds and he almost did it against freaking Mackey man he was loses the first set doesn't he looks completely non-competitive uncompetitive whichever word it is on return Goes down a break in the fourth, and then out of nowhere, third, pardon me, third down a break. Then out of nowhere from 1-4, he just turns it on and dominates McDonald. And I'm like, that guy for the rest of the tournament, because that guy has a chance against Novak, not a 40% chance, not even a 35% chance, but like that guy has like a 20 to 25% chance against Novak Djokovic, right? So it all depends if he is going to play the way he did in the latter parts of the third and the fourth sets against Mackey he's going to beat wolf 3 nothing his game is too big wolf doesn't have the hand skills that he does wolf doesn't have the reaction time or the experience on grass that he does right but that's a huge if
0: huge i mean wolf is one of the more athletic guys on tour as we've seen the, all these guys falling uh, he is someone that has the footwork to 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 mitigate that yeah l- but, a but I'm bit worried more worried about other- the hands the hands
1: yeah. and the the reaction time to the power, right? Skidding through this grass. That's more. That's more where I'm worried. I want to see how much it's come
0: down, real quick. Sorry. You can get Bublik money line at down at minus one eighty seven now on bet online. One eighty seven. Okay, so here we go. So ten x bet opened minus two thirty eight Bublik down to minus one eighty two. Well, you know
1: what? I don't parlay, but if I was ever going to be a prediction based handicapper. The last match over three and a half sets plus Bublik money line. I mean, I'm just saying. Pinnacle. If you like your parlay, how about that? Bublik plus Galan was it? No, Galan Ota or Barrios. No, Badio's Pinnacle fan over three and a half sets plus Bublik money line. I, I'll probably just play the spread on Bublik and the over four and a half sets on the other one. But if you do like those, like gen buying insurance kind of thing and buying prices down, combining for parlays, that's probably a decent look. I'm going to keep track. Now, it does seem like it reaches a a certain threshold
0: looking at all these different sites. William Hill uh, opened minus 227. It got down to minus 189, but now it's back up to minus 200. And so it does seem to reach a a threshold uh, where it starts ticking back up after dropping. But I'm willing to small stake just the money line here uh, to have something in this match. I don't think this is a a 10-unit bomb (laughs) moneymaker match, uh, but I'm willing to play Bublik if it's going to get down. Uh, to uh, minus 180. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I think he should be a higher
1: favorite than that. If you take a look at Wolf, as, as impressive as he's been at times on grass, his, his wins are nothing in, that are all that impressive, right? He beats Quacko with one good set, two really marginal sets, uh, where again, struggles on return. The one guy he dominates, the two guys he dominated are Yele Cells, who's had one of the, you know, he's struggling at challenger level this season uh, to find wins. And Luke of Luke van ash who has no serve or power to be to be seen. So, I mean, I, I guess Echeverry in one of his first grass matches as well. Outside of that, there's been no domination of any player. Right against Shelton, he really struggled on return. Against Mackie McDonald, he really struggled on return. Against Tommy Paul, for the most part, he struggled on return. It's not like Bublik is, has less power than any of those guys. Right, even with even Ben Shelton, he's right there with Ben Shelton in terms of his serve, and then he's got way more variety. He's got more rally tolerance than Ben Shelton by default, because everyone has more rally tolerance than Ben Shelton. As much as I love him, it's true. He's a much better returner than Ben Shelton. He's got you know he's got more net presence and ability than Ben Shelton. So I mean, like if Wolves going to struggle with some of these other power players on return, which is what, it, like I said, the hands, the reaction to the lack of reaction time is going to be tough for him. Bublik fits all of that plus. He has much more, and, or he has far more dimension to his game, pardon me, to his game than other guys do.
0: All right, you mentioned Tomas Echeverry, who played one of the best matches uh, of round one against uh, Zapata Morales. I was fortunate enough to watch almost all of that uh, because I had action on it. It's one of the first picks, uh, it was the first pick I gave out in the Wimbledon preview pod. Now, I also bet Wawrinka at over plus 200 against... Emil Rusevori, and I'm so upset because I also thought about the three zero at plus six hundred, and I just passed. <laughs> and, and I'm like, but that makes
1: like, well, Rinka needs to win in three, really, three or so, four. And I, as soon as, as soon as you mentioned that in the chat, and I was also on Walrinka, I wrote that. But I'm for betting expert, um, and I went pretty big on the money line. I realized I was like, this is t- too true. He's not winning this in five, right? If he's winning this it's likely in three or four. So at the very least, minus one and a half cents. At the very least, if not three, nothing as well.
0: All right. Well, that just like that price was crazy to have Warinka at that bigger price against known Moneyline favorite choker, Emil Rusevori. Warinka is now minus 200 against Echeverry, who was ripping on forehand yesterday. And just, I know it was over two days, but obviously it is fit enough to hang in a best of five. Match they put plus one sixty five, but that is the dog here. Uh, I I will be playing that number uh, against Morinka. He's got another day to recover as well. Now it's just too much uh, with that Stan is thirty three and thirty
1: four in his career on grass. Has a lot of like a lot of those. I think a lot of those losses were to big names. Like he has two second weeks and then two sorry two fourth rounds and two quarterfinals on top of that uh, at Wimbledon in his career. Like. He has, I mean, he's got the power game. He's got a huge serve. He's got massive amounts of pace. You can understand why he's good on grass, but this he's also 38 now.
0: 11%, or uh, wait, no, 15% break percentage on grass. Etchaberry obviously picked up his first main draw win in that match in round one. One of his first tour grass wins in general, Uh, but this is just a hardcore stand fade.
1: Yep. Yeah. The minus place. 200. Like the, the whole thing, too, was Russo, Like Stan is actually, believe it or not, probably has more rally tolerance even at this age in his career than Emil Rusu does. They both have big power. They're both going to dominate behind serve, uh, behind their serves. And yeah, Rusu Vori had a ton of break points. Stan served a boatload of 130 mile an hour bombs to save break points. Like the situational play from Stan was ridiculous, which actually kind of works to in our favor if we're backing Etcheverry, right? Because logically, it's not so much luck. There's skill involved. He did well to win those points with big serves. But at the same time, like, yeah, if he starts missing those on break points, shit's going to go bad in a in like real quick. Echeverry was hitting with similar pace, two and a mil, he was very aggressive quick quarter in his own right. And five sets against Bernabe, like Bernabe moves better, defends more and is going, you know, is, his game is predicated on the ability to go for long periods in matches and not fatigue right stan is not that kind of guy so it was bernabe's defense that really kept him in it against echeverry echeverry's winner to, winner count is going to go up against stan like winners per game or per set right it may not go up on the raw value because he may not play five sets but he's not going to face that same kind of rigorous defensive play from the baseline that bernabe threw up against him of course, he'll have a tougher time on return, but I certainly think this is much closer than plus 160. I would I would venture to say it might be like a plus 110, plus 125. I'm not even kidding. Like, this could be a big play for me, and it's likely going to be my write-up um, for betting expert overnight.
0: Now, you mentioned the two quarterfinal appearances for Wawrinka here. That was in 2015, 2014. <laughs> Since then, second round exit, first round exit, second round exit, second round exit, didn't play. Two.
1: You gotta say to who though, because like he's no longer remember, you move out of a seating and you get tough matchups like Yannick Sinner last year and he still took a set from him. That's a that's a tough one, right? Like Riley Apelka took him five sets, six all had to, you know, they had to do the the tie break there. Not tie break, but the eight six. Nico Mau on grass, like it, these aren't the word Daniil Medvedev a few years back, although that was bad Medvedev on grass, so I guess not. Juan Martin Del Potro, like it, there's a lot of good, if there are such things as good losses. There's there's some good losses in there. And, I mean, even his quarterfinal loss in 2015 was 11-9 to Gasquet. So, that's why, again, one of the reasons I backed him against Rooster Vori is this, the recent record on grass was kind of distorted by the quality of competition. Kanton Halis
0: is a minus-135 money line favorite against Alexander Vukic, who's plus-115. As the dog, the spread is two. The total is at 42 and a half. Now, I faded Vukic with Keshmanovic last week, and I cashed. Uh, Halis, much more consistent player, brings much less variance as a, a player, uh, has a bigger serve. I'm willing to play him again and fade Vukic. It's uh, a money line. is only minus 135, short favorite.
1: Yeah, I wonder what the tiebreak props in this one are. Let me pull this up for real fast.
0: I guess. Uh, the tie break it...
1: props go ahead for these two. Over one and a half tie breaks in the match, plus one twenty-five, probably where it should be, to be honest, unfortunately. I'm not gonna go over two and a half because I think Vukic throws away too many service games, and Halley's just doesn't. So I, I guess in that respect, I, I don't hate the the minus one thirty five look, and, and the first set tie break specifically plus one sixty, uh, not the best either. So yeah, I I don't hate the the Hallease look. I don't know if I'll join, but I, I don't hate it at all.
0: I just like what has Vukic done to be a short dog in this match? Halis
1: has had a better twenty twenty
0: three. He's the well, his
1: game, right? He's just he's just a, a bomber on serve, and Halis isn't the greatest returner, so that could that could alone keep him close. But he also does throw away too many service games. Well, that's that's a, also a big issue on grass against a fellow server, right? So he's got the game to stick really close to Alice. He's also got the game to throw away service games, which is basically throwing away sets against Ali. So I, I can see people handicapping it either way and going either side.
0: I mean, I know that Vukic has been playing on grass, and Halis just came on grass for the first time in, in round one. So I understand that. That's there, and that's fair. But Halis, I feel like, just has – is one of those guys we, we talk about. He just has, like, kind of a, a repeatable game. Changing surface to surface really isn't going to change what he does as a player. Is that a dumb thing that I just said, or does that make sense?
1: No, no. I, I mean, it's it's a, the same approach. Like a lot of guys are going to play differently, surface to surface. Even Novak has talked about the attack exchanging. I don't think Ali's really does. It's just going to serve and hit forehands really effectively into relatively big targets and let my pace do the work, and that's it. And that's why he, very, very good challenger player, solid, decent tour level player, but nothing special, right? Because he's not taking that next step or or looking to to you know, do one up himself i suppose in terms of tactics surface to surface well personal play i'm not tipping
0: this but i will be right in my my boy big dom stricker versus tiafo money line plus 350 and i want to talk about you know we did the, the the long quarter talk only four guys are going to cash those tickets but I feel like next time, uh, we do one of these these big slam previews. We should do more like I was trying to do with the the Dom Stricker, the money line rollover, and find some money line rollover guys. Because even Vera, if he ca- cashes against Guffen, that's two plus two hundred wins in a row. I think he was a pretty big dog. Maybe not plus two hundred, but he's a pretty big dog against Bias. Something to keep in mind moving forward, and for you as a listener to look out for it for things like that.
1: Um, the vig you're going to pay is as well on the the twin quarter prices it's why generally some of the longer shot guys are going to eclipse that um that number with a rollover money on parlay because the hold is just is much larger on uh, those markets those outright derivative markets
0: all right john they just dropped Yuri Laheshka versus France Sorendolo, and it's almost a dead heat here almost pick minus 117 for dolo Minus 103 for Laheshka.
1: I'm fading Dolo, man. <laughs> I'm taking Dolo. In a heartbeat, I'm taking Sedum Dolo as a pick here. Both sides in it. Yeah, no, I. I he is just far more consistent from the baseline than Yuri. Uh, is the total opposite player of Nuno Borges. I get it. But at the same time, he's the total opposite of Nuno Borges. So now he's playing a very similar aggressive style to Sinundolo. And to me, he's just, he's not as good. He just fires off so many more unforced errors, not as quick side to side. And where Sinundolo is still probably learning the footwork and movement aspect of grass court tennis, so is Yuri, right? Like if you had someone who is slightly less athletic than Sinundalo, but far more efficient Movement-wise, on this surface, I suppose it's a wash. Here, it's not. I don't think Yuri Lachka is that much more efficient moving around grass. And I think Sinodula is just quicker. I think he commits fewer errors. He's still got those massive weapons, especially the forehand. He's off of a title win, right? And it's not like he had to back it up after one day of rest. He's had how many days off? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then he played Wednesday? Like, he had three days off. I'm sure he's ready to go back-to-back days if he has to. So, I'll be honest, And the market has pushed this from minus 130 to minus 110. Like, that's nuts to me. Like, this is a lot of love for Yuri Lahetchko who has proven nothing other than he has the, the red line ability. Like, there's no consistency in results week to week. I'll, I'll 100% take Tolo here.
0: All right, let's round to the finish with the player we didn't talk too much about on our. Our Wimbledon preview show, and, and rightfully so, because Casper Rude uh, is allergic to grass, literally. Uh, said on his podcast, he has to take allergy pills uh, while he's playing here. Uh, does have a nice little setup in theory, but Liam Brody, one of the guys that plays in a country that plays traditionally on grass, plus 400 against Rude on the money line. Anything worth a sprinkle just to see, knowing Rude played golf for the last six weeks ahead of this event instead of playing tennis?
1: Yeah, yeah, we just saw a guy without too many weapons um, take a set off of him and Laurent Locoli. You know, get Liam Brody, who's more used to the grass, or, or sorry, uh, more comfortable on it, has more experience on it probably a better player overall for me than Laurent locally is like he, he's a top end Challenger guy locally is not he's a pretty good but not certainly not among the best Challenger guys out there so quality of competition steps up with Brody Comfort on surface steps up with Brody A matchup is a little bit better for his opponent here too finally in Brody I'm looking to hit a boatload of serves out wide from the ad side use my lefty game here pull him pull him off court either approach right away or hit my plus plus my plus one ball to that backhand again with a cross-court forehand, and then approach. Because Rude's backhand, the one thing we know is that, one, it doesn't have any attacking characteristics to it, and two, he leaves it short relatively often, which means it's floating over the net. If I can hit my first serve and charge the net right away, that's ideal. If I can hit my first serve out wide, place it well, get Rude to hit one of those, like, Relatively passive backhands to the center of the court. Hammer a plus one forehand. Again, with an angle, something Brody's very good at. Cross court to that backhand wing again. Either it's a winner, an unreturned ball, like a forced error, or it's coming back over very, very passively and, and in a very, very simple way for me to put away with a volley at net. If I'm Liam Brody, I'm just I'm just serving a heavy dose of that to Rude all match long. I'm sure Lionel Richie would sing that. For us if we asked him to all match long baby just over and over and over and over again pepper it now will he will the wrist act up who knows but i'm willing to risk a guy not sticking to a potentially strong game plan or having an injury flare up when i'm getting plus 400 i can deal with a loss caused by either of those things i don't have to i don't have to hit this more than 20 percent of the time to break even yeah i'm taking that shot
0: yeah, I feel like this is priced like a neutral, rude, brody match, and I think that there's a lot of variance at the margins that certainly makes the plus 400 uh, an attractive price. All right. We've set it all for round two. We could say more, actually, but that's all we have time for today. Follow John at Jared Tweets Tennis at Tibbetts Tennis. Follow our show at MP9 Tennis. Please do subscribe on your favorite or follow on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a five star rating if you like what you hear. Until round three, which who knows when that'll be. <laughs> <laughs> See you on the court.